0: Hi, and welcome to the Where We Go From Here podcast produced by S2G Ventures. In this episode, Tanya Bakritsis, Managing Director at S2G, sits down with Michael Fosnott, CEO and President of World Business Chicago and Chief Marketing Officer for the City of Chicago. Michael was formerly CEO and President of one of the city's oldest and most successful ad agencies. And throughout his career, he has been a recurring figure in Chicago's civic community. Needless to say, Michael knows the city inside and out, and today one of his priorities is working with World Business Chicago to promote the city's food sector. We spoke with Michael right after the Chicago Venture Summit's inaugural Future Food program to discuss his vision for developing the food innovation ecosystem in Chicago and why the sector is so important to the character and the future of the city. For more information on any of the content discussed in this episode, head to s2gventures.com forward slash podcast.
1: I am so excited to welcome Michael Fosnott to our podcast this month to talk about some topics near and dear to us here at S2G Ventures entrepreneurship, food and agriculture innovation, and how that comes to life in our shared hometown of Chicago. As the Chief Marketing Officer for the City of Chicago and the President and CEO of World Business Chicago, Michael is leading the effort to promote inclusive economic development for the city, and that includes supporting the growth of our city's burgeoning food and agriculture sector. Michael, welcome. It's such a pleasure to have you join us today.
2: Hey, thanks for having me on the show.
1: Yeah. Our conversation is very timely. You have just wrapped up Chicago's first ever Venture Summit focused on the future of food. Really enjoyed the two-day event, which convened founders, investors, and corporate executives from across our city's food ecosystem. And from my perspective, at least as attendee, it was a great event. So first off, congratulations. How did you feel it went? And uh, what were some of the highlights for you?
2: Thank you. I thought uh, it went really well. I got a lot of great feedback from people who participated from all the different areas, startup entrepreneurs who were able to to pitch their story and promote their their product, their brands and services, to corporations, large CPG firms, who just uh, I think were impressed by the energy and passion of all the startup uh, leaders who were there, and as well venture capitalists who realized more and more, you know, Chicago is the food innovation capital of the world. A lot of the venture capitalists who attended. A part of building this ecosystem here in chicago so i I just love the passion, the energy and and you know people who work in the food and egg sector know it's not just a, like any other industry sector you know the title of future food was important because food is so much more than just food it is you know how we look at ourselves as human beings as as citizens of this earth so I think it was a it was a beautiful two days and hopefully. You know, helped everyone who participated.
1: Totally agree. I really appreciated hearing from some startups I hadn't met yet. Uh really enjoyed the keynote fireside chats with Don Thompson from Cleveland Avenue and Tracy. Llama from Vital Proteins, learned a lot from them. And of course, the networking, I agree with you, the energy was just great. And um, it was really nice to see the vitality come together of the food and ag startup ecosystem in Chicago. World Business Chicago has been hosting these venture summits for a number of years, but this was the first one that you chose to be focused on a specific sector. So can you talk about why you selected food and ag as a focus and maybe how that ties into your plans for promoting economic development in Chicago more broadly?
2: So, first of all, two thoughts. First of all, we always adventure summits, but nothing in sector specific. And we learned over the last two years if we talk with with, with business leaders and, and capital, they don't just want to talk general about business or Chicago. They really want to understand a particular sector specific ecosystem. What is the research? What is the capital flowing? Who are the big players in the sector? Who are the small players? And um, who are the leaders? Who are the thought leaders in a particular sector? And two years ago, we decided to focus on four industry sectors, logistics, healthcare, life sciences, manufacturing, and then food and egg. And over the last two years, uh, partly driven by COVID as well, some of the food shortages and challenges, and we just saw so much growth, so much innovation, so much rethinking how we eat, what we eat, how we buy and shop. So we thought food and egg is also because of the history of Chicago and the sector is the perfect. First sector, they were doing a, a food and ag specific venture summit, and I think the, the participants and you know we had I think close to seven hundred people who registered. Probably had a thousand people, so you saw the, the the demand, and need for this kind of conversation was here.
1: Yeah, totally agree. Well, our team is certainly thrilled you selected food and ag as a focus for this event, and you know really for the city and its growth more broadly. I think. S2G has been an investor in startups in this space for over eight years, based right here in Chicago's Fulton Market. We started off you know, a small startup ourselves in a big open co-working warehouse that's since been transformed to the Wonder Museum. And as we've grown and moved into new space, we've really seen this ecosystem grow around us and been really inspired by that. So very appreciative of your efforts to continue that momentum. Um, I did learn some fun facts while at the event. So one was that <laughs> in 2021, uh, Chicago's food innovation companies raised 723 million in venture capital, which was an astounding 500% increase Over 2019. Hmm. What else can you share with our listeners to kind of put the Chicago food innovation scene in context? Like, what are some of the segments you see raising the most capital or the the biggest areas of growth?
2: I think the the, the unique thing with Chicago is we have the whole value chain of food and ag, from really production to distribution to ultimately branding and selling. And that's, I think, important if you want to start something or if you want to grow to like become a unicorn, you need. Understand all three elements of this value chain that I think makes us very unique. Um, I think some of the growth areas is clearly in and good for you, all related to what how can I produce a product in an environmentally friendly manner, and how is a good product for me, and then therefore as well for the environment. I think there was a lot of heat around that clearly. Uh, I think overall to the meat, replacements, you know, plant based. Meat um, substitutes a big topic. You know about milk. There was a lot of discussion about almond milk yesterday, and how almond milk might not be a great choice. I think there's a lot of things of, of where people want to see the intersection of good for me and good for the planet. Um, yeah, the other was as well, uh, still a lot of tech tech uh, ideas and innovations around distribution for food, but also you saw, you know, Cleveland Avenue, some of their investments and in, and in, in robotic assistance for restaurants. To make like the, the server uh give them more space and interacting with the customer. So I think there's a lot of things where you have not seen under like 10 years ago, a lot of innovation. Like you could say restaurants have not changed that much. I think yeah. we'll see so much more innovations. I think we're well positioned to to foster that and highlight it.
1: Yeah, agree with you. I think. Uh, I certainly, all of those certainly resonated with me as well, as well as a lot of talk about supply chain and resiliency and what are some technologies that can help, you know, solve that problem. We were excited to see Hazel on the stage talking about their food-based yeah. innovation. So yeah. that was another highlight yeah. for me.
2: It's interesting. There are two sectors that I talk about. They are also adjacent to food and logistics, as you just mm-hmm. mentioned, and the life sciences. Mm-hmm. And they're both. So that's why I think we have we have felt that. We also pick logistics and the life sciences because there's so much interdependencies with food and ag. And I think that helps, again, Chicago, because we all do so strong logistics and the life sciences.
1: Correct. Yeah, very much agree. In addition to this event this week you also released a report on innovation in Chicago's food industry that really traces the city's history and roots in food manufacturing to now this rapidly growing you know food innovation ecosystem we're seeing today. Can you give our listeners some more color on some of the maybe historical events that set Chicago up to be you know the hub for food innovation that it is today and what are what are some of the dynamics of the city that you think are really helping the sector thrive?
2: I mean, you have to really go back to the founding of the city with John Baptiste Saab, who built you know, his place here on the river. And there was a trading post. And it was all about food as well. So you really go so far back. Then you clearly have you know, the meatpacking districts in the 1920s, who made us kind of world famous for the good and the bad. And that's why I think we like a story like Nature's Find, who's kind of creating you no know, meat replacement in the same areas where we had uh, some of the big meatpacking districts and, and factories. Then, as well, I think clearly because of the land around Chicago, we were always a big crop production and agricultural powerhouse. Um, So, a lot of these things, historical and the elements we had, are still feeding and fueling the ecosystem today. Like we had CPGs who started, the big food CPGs. Um, So, I think I like when everything kind of comes together. Sometimes it's a really good 360 circle when you have some of the production. Um, that 100 years uh, mostly about meat focus. There's no focus on the f- and on replacement of meat. Um, and the report is, well. We want to have a dialogue because we don't think there's enough proprietary research being redone on the sector specific level about Chicago, Chicagoland. So that's why I'm very proud that we have such a strong research team with Robin Ficker as a leader at WBC. We put this our report, and now we have more conversation. How can we improve this report? What else have we need to highlight? What did we forget? And that's always, for me, a platform to start a dialogue.
1: Yeah, that's great. I think it's so important to understand where we sit and how we can use that data to build for the future. Reflecting back on the event and sort of the conversations and panel discussions that occurred, there were just a couple themes I wanted to get your take on that relate to mm-hmm. our discussion today. One was there was a lot of talk about the impacts of COVID on our food system, of course. That was, mm-hmm. you know, something that came up a lot. And specifically how companies large and small in Chicago navigated the rapidly changing situation. You know, this is something we're obviously watching closely as an investor in this space and from you know, looking at changing consumer behaviors to supply chain disruptions and you know, now looking at rising food prices and the downturn in public markets. So I'm just curious, what are some of the other trends you're watching and how are you thinking about supporting the business community as we continue to see them unfold?
2: COVID was such a stress test for a lot of startups. And you saw on the summit, you know, startups and companies who were able to pivot, I think, became stronger because they were under so much stress, and they rethought their whole business. But they never, I think, strived away from the purpose of the commission. And I think that's what I was so impressed with, to hear all these stories, how they pivoted and then were successful. There's Farmer's Fridge and a few other companies, because they still like, Farmer's Fridge was all about how do you deliver the most convenient uh, way, fresh and good food. And when the offices uh, closed down, they just had to pivot, but their commission and capabilities were still the same. I think the second area we we talked about the summit, but we not as much as food insecurities, because COVID showed again. We not just have health inequalities in our city. We still have a lot of food insecure uh, areas, and I think we COVID showed as well when everything locked down. It it, it even uh, made that worse in some of our neighborhoods. So we're looking as well. I think some of the trends. How can we solve for that? Uh, and it's. Because we all talk about healthy food, but we also still need food everywhere in the most accessible manner for all of our 2.8 million customers.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Especially as we saw schools closing for a while, luckily now being reopened. So, um, as food prices increase, I'm sure that will continue to be an area of focus.
2: Yeah, the other area. I mean, it was just impressive to see you know the, the amount of black and brown you know founders and mm-hmm. CEOs, female owned companies, and it's it's great. You cannot. Have a vibrant ecosystem in any sector if you don't tap in all the talent we have. And that's what's so great to see. If it's Don Thompson, you know, with his Cleveland Avenue, and I've listened to his 44 portfolio investment and his numbers of like more than half are black and brown owned and founders, over almost 40% female owned. That's, I think, where Chicago can really lead versus the coast, because both coasts in this country are so very homogeneous. And I think we have a huge opportunity to really be the most diverse entrepreneurial ecosystem in the country.
1: Totally agree with you. I was really impressed to see that you know the, the diversity there of the startups all the way through to the bigger companies. So appreciate that for sure. I think that kind of leads me into one of the other themes that was discussed a lot was you know, despite challenges faced during COVID, there was a lot of talk about why Chicago, right? Um, I heard good answers ranging from the talent pool to, you know, Chicago being a transportation hub to, you know, the pretty you know supportive and inclusive business community. But as a CMO, how do you define our value proposition? What, what makes this a great place to start a business? And, and how do you really explain that to companies that are considering making this their home?
2: I think it always comes down to three things. First is about talent, talent, talent. We have a wealth of talent here in Chicago, especially for like food and ag sector. We have 200,000 undergrad and graduate students across all of our great universities. People want and companies, are, you want amazing talent. Um, I think second is you want a strong ecosystem. You want to have the partners. You want to have the mentorship. You want to have companies you compete with, you're friendly with. You want that. And third is as well, you know what's the, what's the cost and attractiveness of your lifestyle in Chicago? It's still an affordable place. It's a beautiful place. You have a lot of things you can do recreationally. You have an amazing arts and culture and food scene. So these are normally, when we talk with companies, it comes down to town. How strong and how are you helping to connect the ecosystem? And is it a great and affordable place to live? One area that becomes more and more important is climate resiliency. Mm. Uh, you know, we did a project a couple of weeks ago about highlighting the access to fresh water with Lake Michigan. I think the climate resiliency is it becomes more and more long-term compatible advantage for us.
1: Yeah, that's definitely something on our mind as climate investors, so glad you raised that. And uh, it was nice to see the Chicago water uh, on display at the yeah. event, so I appreciated that. Um, and it's interesting, I know you began your career as an entrepreneur yourself in Silicon Valley, um, so you obviously have firsthand experience on some of the challenges entrepreneurs are facing. Um, I, I wonder if you'd share a little bit about your entrepreneur journey with us and maybe how that shapes how you think about you know, your role now.
2: Yeah, I mean, I started my career in the corporate world at Lufthansa and Frankfurt. So um, very corporate, big company, but I learned a lot of smart people around me. And then I moved in uh, 2000 to, to San Francisco, uh, dot-com boom back then. You know, there's, mm-hmm. people forget when you have you know, some age, you see all the cycles come and go. And then really I started one week after September 11th, I started my company, which was kind of the craziest time to start a company. It was a yeah. fascinating time because... You know, you had access to talent, to office space, and everything, and it had made you really resilient because you had to pitch to companies um, in a very, very challenging environment. And you go into a room, uh, and it's just you and your idea and your passion, and energy. That's why I have such an admiration for for entrepreneurs, startups because you have nothing besides you all believe in yourself and this idea that you're communicating, and then you have like a 30 minutes to bring this across, win a customer, win an investment. And I just learned a lot and I have a lot of respect um, and understand the stress level. You know, if you have costs, you, how do you make payroll? How do you fund something that you, and how how, how you have to pivot and change. But I loved it. I I did it for six years before I sold the company. Um, I had a great, great time. And I learned a lot.
1: Well, as you think about that journey from, and, and the question of why Chicago and how to build a great, you know, community here for entrepreneurs, what are some of the things you think the city needs to continue to work on to can turn, you know, encourage more innovation, attract more startups here, and, and support those that are already here?
2: I think probably three things. We have to, we have to do things like the last two days to summer our future food summit. We have to bring people together. We have to showcase Chicago's best. And we, as, as both at World Chicago as a city, we have, we, have to be, we have to create these platforms where people come together. Second, we have to be much louder. I think we are clearly, I'm not from the redress, Uh, But we're much too humble. We don't talk enough about us. We have to have, someone said yesterday, we have to have more ego. We have to be willing to touch our successes. And then third, we have to continue to have always equity and diversity in the forefront, not just because it's the right thing to do. I think this is and will be the most competitive advantage as a city and community we have. As we all know, research has shown this over and over. The diverse team is outperforming significantly a homogeneous team as long as well managed and lacked. and that's what we have to continue to tap and keep on top of mind.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm thinking back to the quote you just mentioned, and I think it was something to the effect of "Chicago's got to get our swagger back." <laughs> was the one I heard, leaning, you know, related to what you said, and that really rings true for me. It's actually funnily something I tell my kids to do a lot when they're losing their confidence. But as the CMO, uh, you know, of the city of Chicago, does that? It sounds like that comment resonates with you, but. What are some of the plans you have in place to help us get our swagger back and, and really promote the, the city's brand?
2: I mean, we, I try to always, like, you have to give people reasons to have swagger. You can't just make it up. It has to be based on the foundation. Um, you know, I think this weekend, I mean, it's a small thing. We have the, the first, one of the largest Latinx music festival with over 40,000 people, you know, joining Grand Park. You look around the skyline, I think that gives you swagger. If we look at the post momentum, like the last two days, if you see if we had 120 startups, majority, you know, people of color or female owned, that gives you swagger. So we have to give reasons. We have to give people reasons. So whatever I try to do, even with the Chicago, you know, like, oh, realize we are close to this body of fresh water, like no other big city in the country. So that's, we have to give people reasons to continue to believe. It's almost like, like, like as the business guy, am, you have to reconfirm your purchase decision pro Chicago. That's why we do the research reports as well. Yeah. So I think there's not one big solution. You have to weekly, daily remind people why uh, uh, things are good. And I guess I must criticized: oh, you're ne- you ignoring the problem. And I said, that is not the point. I am very aware of the challenges we have in this city that we have to address. But my job is to highlight the positive. And trust me, the local media is spending enough time to focus on the negative. I think we need someone like me and many more people who are are advocates and highlight what is good and great and what is going well.
1: Yeah, agreed. And actually, um, speaking of uh, advocates, I know prior to your current role, you were CEO and president of one of the city's oldest and most successful ad agencies, FCB Chicago. And I really love seeing how you, in this new role, engaged a lot of the great Chicago-based agencies to contribute Mm -hmm. time and talent to campaigns you know, really helping you support Chicago and getting the word out. And you've, uh, through those partnerships, taken some unique approaches to building awareness to the city. And I thought it was an interesting fact that the city of Chicago was one of the most awarded brands at Cannes and won a number of other ad awards. So could you talk a little bit about that program and just maybe some of the more successful things that came out of it?
2: Oh, thank you for asking. Yeah. So as a CMO, my, my interesting role is I'm primarily advisor to the mayor and commissioner and some of the city project. I have no real budget and no real staff. So I thought, oh, what do I do now? I said, okay, why not reach out to the amazing creative agencies and PI agents, media agencies here in town and ask them for proponent services. And now we have over 30 uh, agencies here in Chicago signed scientists pro-Chicago pledge where they're volunteering their hours and, and energy. And a few projects we worked on is like the one that got in, in Cannes, which is the largest advertising uh, festival in the world. We got, for boards of change, amazing accolades which was used Uh, the plywood boards that protected um, stores after uh, civic unrest, and they were beautified to make them not just looking so, so pale. And then we transformed these beautified plywoods into voting booths before the president election to activate it. So we transformed kind of like the frustration and some of the anger into something beautiful, which is an act of democracy. We did something where we highlighted, uh, you know, the rights of domestic workers here in Chicago. Sometimes we forget we have a lot of domestic workers. Um, we did run a campaign about uh, awareness for mental health because sometimes discussions on mental health are so stigmatized in a lot of our neighborhoods. So there's a lot of things because I don't believe without creativity, we cannot solve the problems we're facing as a city. That's really very really fortunate. We have a strong, thriving creative economy in Chicago. We will soon highlight that with the research report. And uh, we need that. We need creativity and the brilliant creative minds we have.
1: I totally agree. Coming from an agency life myself, I really appreciate the, the focus on creativity and different ways of thinking. So appreciate that. I think we're almost out of time, but I would love to give you a bit of um, a platform to talk about what can we expect next from World Business Chicago, the Summit Series, and maybe just how our listeners could get involved um, in the development of Chicago.
2: Okay, first of all, follow us on LinkedIn. I think that's maybe kind of putting out all most of our work. Well, what you can see is, I mean, we are diving deeper and deeper in these five, or four sectors, and now we added fintech as well. In these sectors, we have to understand how each of these ecosystems works. What else can we do? I think we still have a huge opportunity in the tech transfer. We are not as good yet as the coast. How can we highlight some of the entrepreneurial academics we have? Um, I think you will see more work around the the number of two hundred thousand undergrad and graduate students we have in Chicago, which we need to put much more focus and 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 celebrate it highlight on. And then you will just see always hopefully always good business news. A company moving here, a company expanding. We're working every day on that. Because like I said, you can only have the swag and the ego if it's based on something. And so far we had this year already 40 companies moving to Chicago. So a lot of my time is just talking with CEOs, C suites, either here in Chicago or from around the world, to tell them that the, the Chicago story and persuade them to invest and, and bet on our future here.
1: Awesome. Is there anything we didn't cover that you wanted to end
2: with? No, I think you, I mean, first of all, I appreciate you, you, you having this podcast and these conversations. People have to realize, and I, I said it in an op-ed piece I wrote in Grant, Chicago is not one monolithic story. In the past, I think we looked too strong on Chicago through the lens of mostly white heterosexual male who told the stories and whose stories were told living in downtown. And we have to open up that Chicago is a complex story told by a lot of different people with many, many thousand stories. And sometimes I feel like people are not willing to give us this complexity. And it's not just one simple monolithic story. And we should celebrate that in our it.
1: Very good. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Michael. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. I appreciate all you're doing and uh, look forward to seeing you again soon.
2: Thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate everything you do.
1: Thank you.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Where We Grow From Here podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave us a review, or better yet, share with a friend. For more information or to connect with us, check out s2gventures.com.